Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. This issue comes up everywhere in the state of Utah, especially here along the Wasatch Front and in some of the faster-growing areas. But in Salt Lake City proper, it is a critical issue, and that's housing in general, but affordable housing in particular. We are so pleased to have uh, mayoral candidate Erin Mendenhall with us on the program today to talk about some of her ideas, if elected, as the uh, mayor of Salt Lake City. Erin, welcome to the program it's always good to be with you thanks for having me doug hey let's talk about housing in general but especially affordable housing what are some of the things if elected mayor of salt lake city this upcoming november what will be your priorities in this arena salt lake city needs to get more affordable housing out of the massive amounts of housing that are already coming into our city a couple of years ago, I worked to put together a $21 million fund that we approved as a city, as a redevelopment agency, that is offered to private development to leverage what they're already building and create affordable housing as a piece of it. We've been able to create over 1,500 affordable housing units with that amount of money, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. We know that we need over 7,500 units of affordable housing still. We need that much more in Salt Lake City. So we'll need to look into our zoning and the kind of barriers that we have in place, our permitting, as you could talk to probably any developer in the state who's tried to work in Salt Lake City. There's a lot of improvements we could make to our permitting process. But we've got to be looking down the road also to opportunities like the 2030 Olympics that could be coming here. There would be a good amount of housing built to accommodate the Olympic Games, and I would ensure that that housing became affordable housing and a diverse Uh, of diverse incomes if we were to have the Olympics come here. So we need to be working with what's in the pipeline today. We also need to be preserving the naturally occurring affordable housing that's on our streets in those historic homes and historic apartments from demolition and be able to work with landlords through low-income loans that help them to maintain those buildings in exchange for keeping them affordable. There's a lot of work we can do, and I'm excited to get to work on it, hopefully as our next mayor. How do we scatter the affordable housing so it it melds into the community and doesn't become just, well, you know, those folks live there and the rest live over here? Right, and you know that here in Salt Lake City, we have a great deal of separation of our uh, income and residence diversity is highly concentrated on the west side of Salt Lake City. Historically, the city has invested primarily in affordable housing in lower opportunity areas. HUD defines areas 
low or high opportunity. And we need to start shifting our, our investments as a city toward areas of higher opportunity. We know that the great cities of America and even across the world have a diversity of income types within communities, not separated by those uh, signifiers. So in order for us to do that, we actually need a mayor who understands the technicalities of zoning, the implicit bias that is built into much of our zoning, and be able to unpack it in a way that doesn't set us up for a continuation of segregation in our city. That also means working more creatively with the land that the city owns. We have you know, almost a thousand parcels of land. Many of them are really small, not necessarily developable. But when we look at uh, pairing those with currently private property, or we offer somehow that as an open space adjacent to a parcel that's going to be developed, we can come up with some more creative ways to affect development of affordable housing farther to high opportunity areas of our city. We're chatting with Aaron Mendenhall, who is uh, running for the mayor's seat here in Salt Lake City. There will be a debate uh, that I'll be moderating. I'm looking forward to that, uh, Aaron, coming up on the 21st of this month. And then, of course, the election now is just around the corner. Aaron, you, you talked about some of the building. We're seeing building everywhere. And I always ask myself, with all of this building, I, I look at Sugar House, I look along the tracks lines outside of Salt Lake City proper. You look at some of the communities, the Fireclay area of Murray, and you go, good heavens, how much building have we got? And if that building isn't accommodating affordable housing, what what defines affordable housing and affordable housing? And, and where are we basically failing this this effort with all of the construction I'm seeing? Right. Uh, you ask a couple good questions, and I'll tell you that what defines affordable housing is determined uh, by the federal government. HUD looks at what the area median income is for an area. So Salt Lake County is assessed annually for what our area median income is, and uh, people should only be paying 30% of whatever their income is for their housing in order to be in what we'd consider stable housing. If you're paying more than 30% of your income, no matter what your income is for your rent or your mortgage, then the chance of losing your job, breaking up, getting in an accident, having a healthcare crisis, and some unexpected expense or a loss of your, your income can compromise your stability of housing. Here in Salt Lake City, we know that half of the people renting in our city today are paying more than percent of their income for their housing and actually half of that population are paying more than 50 percent of their income for their housing wow. this isn't unique to salt lake city but it is different than even when i was in undergraduate school at the university of Utah and could get a cheap base apartment with a couple of friends the affordability of what was on in our neighborhoods and in our community just even a couple decades ago is not really there anymore our population is doubling along the Wasatch Front, as you know, in the coming years. And how we grow and where we grow, uh, the forces have uh, the forces of demand have not been able to keep up with the supply. So we, that's why we're still seeing such incredible amounts of uh, growth and development in new buildings, and they're basically all being filled. Vacancy in Salt Lake City is under four percent. Wow. I mean, less than four percent of all the units and housing in the city are vacant today, and that's an incredibly low rate that's remained low for a long time. 
Aaron, I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for making the time available, and we'll continue to look for topics that we can chat about. We'll look forward to the debate, and of course, that uh, that election just what four weeks away now. And thank you, Doug, for raising the issue of affordable housing. We do need to keep talking about it, and I appreciate the time today. Aaron Mendenhall with us here at KSL News Radio. We're coming up on the top of the hour. I wanted to remind everybody that coming up next, there are those, and we're hearing the term. GOP donors, GOP heavyweight donors, apparently are rumbling about trying to entice Mitt Romney into challenging President Trump. We'll talk about that coming up next here on Inside Sources.